And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Arthur Staple, welcome to No Sleep Till Belmont, the post-first round edition. AJ Maletsko is here, we're huddled over our microphone here in the bowels of the Coliseum, uh, and that was something. What did you make of all that? Uh, the crowd was awesome! Yeah. Oh my goodness, the crowd, for anybody who was here, it was, uh, it was electric, and hopefully that came through on TV for those that were watching at home. Um, I can't imagine what a full build building with that energy would, would be like. Shannon and I went up and were watching, and we mentioned this on the on the, our show, but we had share a uh, wireless IFB, so we were connected by a wire, and every time somebody, you know, in the second period, they had those three three goals in, what, three minutes, kept jumping up, and wires were ripping out of our ears. But um, that was great. I thought that the Islanders, it was, a, it was a great turnaround effort from Game 5, which was a very lackluster effort despite the win. Um, I thought that they did a lot of good things. It was interesting, though, because I take notes on little plays during the game. That's what I asked for to talk about in the intermissions. In the first period, I had about half and half good and bad. So yeah. it wasn't a perfect game. And I think what we'll remember is that surge in the second period. But I thought the first period, they gave up the first shot on goal. was a was a goal against. And they went down tw- or three times, I think. So there were certain things that they needed to clean up. But they did. And then they got that momentum. And they took advantage of a goaltender that didn't have his best night. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, hanging around, I think, is kind of the, the theme of this series that there are teams that just can't do it. There are teams that, that fall behind and they fall apart. They try to get too loose. The Islanders never do that. And it's really, you know, it's you go back to two years ago when they swept the Penguins. They barely trailed in that series and they really just like took the Penguins will away. And to be able to do it in a completely different manner with essentially the same guys and the same guys on the other side is pretty impressive. It is. And, you know, you go back to that series and sometimes when you we beat a team like the Penguins that is such high firepower and then you go on to the next series and that year was the Canes who had had their emotional first round uh, against the Washington Capitals. Then they the Islanders were had been resting for so long and, and were swept. I think this is a little different because I think that the Pens did give them a pushback. They had the battle for it. They had to win in different ways. The Bruins are the ones sort of waiting around now for the Islanders, but I think they're they're in a good position and they they um, to your point they sort of they had to figure it out in different ways. They didn't just steamroll over somebody yeah. and then go on to it. It's like you know they got it. They had to rely on Sorokin for sure, and there were a couple big saves out there tonight. I mean, it wasn't the performance he, he showed us in game five, but save on Malkin on a breakaway. There was one save we were just talking about. It was sort of a, a little bit of a momentum shifter. Um, and I don't even know who it was on, but it may have been on Gensel, but he made a huge save right from the slot. And that made that made, and the Islanders went down and scored right after that. Uh, Sorokin, your MVP of this series? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he got all four wins, and they don't win game five without him. And I think if they don't win game five, it's obviously different, right? They yeah. come here, and they, even if they win this game, then they go back to PPG Paints for game seven. Um, so, yeah, I would say I do think Adam Pellick had a good series. Um, I think tonight the MVP was Brock Nelson, not just for the points he put up, but also what he did defensively. would love to have seen him get that hat. <laughs> he certainly had a few chances to get it, too. Um and really, you certainly don't want to go th- 
past Game 6 since he might not play again, depending on who gets healthy. But Travis Ajak came in and played a huge game in pretty limited minutes. He did, and, and uh, you know, we, we just... We, it, Shannon and I were talking about that, that it was, um, it's really hard to sit and watch five games. And it shows his experience that he's in his mental strength to jump in the way he did and save that goal. By the way, there was yeah, one, that one was, goal that was huge that he saved. And then he won the faceoff for Pollock's goal. That, um, the one faceoff he won on the night it, out of the I know, two he I took, know, which exactly. is crazy. Pajot was very good at the dot. He yeah. was at almost 80%. So he didn't need to be. But the one he won was an important one. And that's the one we're going to remember, right? So exactly. let's, not, let's not remember the other one. So, but I agree with you. I think he, he was seamless. The way he fit in there, um, and that's important for the team to have that depth. There was a lot of question marks about why Lou Lamarillo brought in Travis Ajak, and perhaps some of those questions were answered tonight. <laughs> it's kind of the way that Palmieri, the questions about Palmieri were answered too. Um, it, it, uh, it <laughs> they've uh, you can't, you just can't question Lou Lamarillo. It's just, I think that's the ultimate thing. Is you we, can. Were, we can, but you're usually going to end up on the wrong side of it because, especially when it comes to an important time of year. Uh, now we look ahead in a few days, the Bruins, I'm sure we'll get to talk about this more next week, but the series will probably be on once we record our usual, uh, episode. Um, what do you see from this matchup right away? I think they're pretty similar teams. Um, I think it's going to be a heavy, heavy matchup, um, physical. I think that specifically looking at the Bruins, they can come on really strong since the deadline. Taylor Hall was a huge pickup for them, um, and you know he was not great up in Buffalo. I didn't think that trade was going to be good for anybody. Turns out I was dead wrong on that. It was great for the Bruins, and it was great for Taylor Hall, and it was great for David Krejci because he needed somebody on his wing. Um, that perfection line, if David Pasternak's going, um, that's a that's a scary proposition. I expect Pelik and Pollock will see a lot of them right. when they're here at the Coliseum. Um, you know, but I do think that they've got depth. They've got a great goaltender in Tukaraski. Can be streaky, um, so it just it, it, to me it's going to be. I, both of these teams can score. Look at the Islanders tonight, put up five goals. Bruins are typically a high-scoring team. I don't think it will be that high-scoring a matchup just based on the fact that it's the playoffs and the way these two teams play. Um, but I think it'll be a grind. It's going to be a battle. I'm really excited. I think it's going to be a fun series. Yeah, I think the Islanders can't bank on Tukarask giving them a few goals the way Tristan Jari did and giving them game the, the most pivotal game of all in Game 5. So uh, we'll be back again next week with our regularly scheduled No Sleep Till Belmont, but this is great, as always, catching up I in know. person. Yeah, and I know, in per- and to be here at the game it's awesome yeah, and a big series win and uh the potential i think for a few more fans even coming i think for game three boston's going to be close to capacity from what i understand i'm sure that the coliseum and new york state will respond in kind so if there's even more fans it could be even more exciting so yeah, everybody come on down and the parking lot's <laughs> fun too exactly well thanks for tuning in everybody thank you aj and we'll catch you again next week As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.